0: Ben Emmons is joining, Managing Director of Global Macro Strategy at Medley Global Advisors. Ben, it looks like initially markets were expecting, and specifically some of these assets that like the idea of low rates and flirtation with inflation, gold, Bitcoin bonds, all jumped and then then they just turned right back around and now we're down. So what do you think?
1: hey oliver great to be back on your show um yeah this is like what i call the intraday v-shaped move You know and and to be be honest uh, that is actually the intention of this framework revision and the speech today because let's think about it if if you're going to make a statement that you're going to allow much more flexibility around inflation in the future up or down then what it means is that interest rates are not going to move at all if, if there's going to be higher inflation or they're going to move if there's going to be too low inflation and that's supportive to the market right? and i think this is what the, the, the v-shape shows right so the, the stock market rebounded up the dollar jumped the real rates jumped i think that's all about this idea that we're going to what we call reflate the economy with this approach hopefully it works but the market is at least discounting that that's that's the way to go from here
0: ben uh, when we think about what Powell said today on just the merits of the words alone and then relative to expectations, uh, on the merits alone of what he said, different ways to think about inflation and the role it plays in the Fed's decision-making process, letting it run warmer and using an average inflation target, prioritizing full and broad employment as a decision-making process and timing for rate moves. How does that line up with the expectations in your read of what investors were looking for? I think
1: it matched the expectation because you know it was for a while now that there's been through different speeches and and and, uh, and policy statements as well as press conferences that the leaning towards a, let's say what they call average inflation targeting seemed to be the most likely outcome. So I think that's what they did deliver today. What the market may have been looking for in terms of, you know, extra expectation was to specify perhaps of like, we really want to try to push inflation higher. Maybe we're going to do more QE, or we're going to cut rates with this much, or we're going to allow for negative rates. That could have been indeed the additional uh, expectation build in the market a little bit. But I also think, Oliver, there was a, what the stock market is doing as of late but perhaps less to do with the Fed, but much more to do with the economy itself already shifting towards a higher gear, I think. The economy seems to be stronger. So if you then, as with monetary policy come over it to say, we're not only going to support the economy, but allow for more flexibility, if the economy does heat up and it leads to higher inflation, then, you know, that, that I think is why the market's reacting as this reversal intraday. Because initially, it's sort of a sell the fact idea. The the, the Fed delivered what I think the market was expecting, could sell the fact, and then reversal comes thinking about, well, now this is with us, we're going to have more flexibility around inflation over time. That's supportive to markets, at least in the interim phase.
0: Ben, is is there now an unknown in the sense that the Fed might actually depend, the the Fed's actions might depend on certain economic outcomes. I mean, I know that's a little bit of irony here where basically they're saying, look, our decision-making process is not one that's going to be held towards the old economic indicators that we would use, such as inflation. They're going to be different. But what's been so unique about the last decade is that it doesn't matter what the economic situation is. They only go in one direction. They cut rates as the economy was heating up. They reversed all the hikes that they did. Then they cut them even lower as soon as the Corona thing hit. So while we've had good, great, Sluggish and bad economies, they've really only gone in one direction, which has been lower and more dovish. And I guess one could dispute that. They had some degree of changes as the economy was improving in 2018, but it lasted like, what, six months? I mean, they dabbled with a couple hikes and then undid them as fast as they came. So are we in somewhat of a new area here where possibly there's something that could happen that changes their direction?
1: That's an important point because, like you say, it seems to be that the Fed and actually also the other central banks react more to downside risk than to upside risk, so to speak. if the economy heats up, they're not going to react too much with too much aggressive tightening. But when there's downside, there's going to be a fair bit of action coming along. And that's what we saw in March in particular. And so is that changing? Because now we're at this point where as the pandemic does moderate over time, which you can assume, uh, and the economy does recover, that you're going to be, you know, taking a a direction of saying rates will be on hold, but we're not gonna take any further additional actions. I think what I'm hearing you saying is, in other words, we're not gonna keep going with more and more QE. We don't have to let the economy recover. And therefore we're not leaning against higher inflation, but we're not gonna do more QE, so to speak. That may be the case. But it also, I think, very much depends on the path of inflation in itself. At the moment, it seems that we're having a bit traction with inflation. You know, CPI is printed twice 0.6% on the month, which is the highest since 2008, a lot of energy effect there. But it is something of a trend, I think, that if it continues that way, then it's interesting to see how the Fed will immediately apply this, this framework they outlined today. As in, they won't react to that, they, they will just simply keep things where they are don't do any further policy action, then I think you're right. There's a change in terms of direction, right? You're not gonna do more in the wake of, uh, of higher inflation.
0: Uh, does that mean that investors can start to think about economic activity and economic data or progress in the short-term, hopefully, coronavirus fights as being catalysts for the market? Because the past two weeks, Curiously, the regime and the equity market did not line up according to what you might expect for the progress being made, either on the COVID curves here, the developments for testing and vaccines, or the economic data, which is now once again at the highest beat rate that we've ever had by the City Surprise Index. But we just had people piling into quarantine trades, and the stuff that was working um, you know, for valuations in the NASDAQ trade. So do we have an environment potentially coming back where investors want to pick what does well based on the economic situation?
1: That is certainly true. I think that, you know, there's a defensive uh, posture, as I call it, in the market that continues to lean back towards the technology and stay-at-home type sectors that is a sure bet, right? You know that that will work in part now, because the demand for services and products has shifted as a result of this, this environment that we're in, we may expect that the vaccine development is such that, you know, the severity of the crisis will, will moderate uh, over the next number of months. And that's a hope, and that may be the reality too. Nevertheless, it still doesn't change, I think the actual economic environment in itself. You have an economy that's severely hit by this crisis. It takes a long time to recover. And people have changed their mind of the way they consume products. Everything's getting more digital. But that's of course driving the tech rally. But I also detect though that they are on the current stair of one that housing is very strong, that is related to, to defensive environment, but it does lead to more service demand related to housing. And in addition, you know, if you do it in an environment where you know interest rates can somewhat normalize, if even if it's not like much, but some. You see today in the reaction uh, in the market, the financials are up, utilities are up. That's another sort of, I think, bit of a defensive but broadening of the, of, the, of the rally. So I do think that's happening, but it is, as you say, it's very driven by the conditions of the economy as opposed to what you know the Federal Reserve will do from here. Given that they essentially are sitting here now, we're not gonna do anything because our view is that you know, the inflation rate will go up, the economy will recover, so we're just not gonna lean against that.
0: Mm. Ben, I like that point about uh, considering how uh, rates uh, may uh, change leadership within the equity market or or how some of these rate-sensitive sectors that were momentum trades, uh, watching them is going to be important, I think, uh, today. Before I let you go, I want to just come back to the underpinning economic question. You've got a good chart from your latest note showing what people did with their stimulus checks. Uh, The question here is, from your research, do you think that uh, there is stability enough in the economy right now uh, to, for, for it to withstand without another big dose of fiscal stimulus? Uh, do people have enough? It seems like they're spending. I mean, the biggest part here is pay for expenses, but I gotta say, from the numbers we got from Best Buy and Peloton and others, I think people might be stretching the definition of what an expense is.
1: Exactly right, Oliver, that's, you know, it's an interesting breakdown by the BLS of how that stimulus was spent. And yes, it's also spent on products. And, you know, the data is real, you know, Best Buy and also Target data is up and Home Depot, et cetera. So it does show that people are spending. Are and I think this has to do too with one, we have an excessive high savings rate as a result of, of this crisis. And I mean, we've never been at the savings rate, I think till the 1930s depression. And this downturn, as much as debate about it, that it may be depression by just the standard uh, measures of unemployment and and, and low inflation and and negative GDP, which again was confirmed today at negative 32% or so, so is unprecedented. But um, at the same time, the savings rate is a real powerful uh, elixir, if you will, if you call it that way, for spending, where people are drawing on savings to spending again because they do feel Either comfortable about that, they can, and and the confidence is picking up, even though to take note that confidence this week board you know conference board was actually down more than expected i think that had a lot to do with the charges showing of the people in real low incomes are really stretched and that's where the, the pressure will be so to you to your question you know the, the fiscal cliff that we're hitting the spending cliff because these, these expired employment benefits that is important so there is a fair bit of movement happening in washington to do get some of that going and extended and i think that this is what the market is expecting and it will likely be delivered because it is a political issue too but at the same time there is more momentum happening in the market as we speak i do think that's driving markets too why indeed interest rates are slowly normalizing and that is indeed affecting the mark the, the broadening of the of the rally right? it tips over into into other sectors that are you know
0: seeing to get some momentum as spending is is, is, is increasing Ben Emmons, always a pleasure to have you and uh, good macro thoughts on connecting the economic situation right now, specifically tied to the virus and the stimulus efforts with the overall central bank backdrop. Ben Emmons, Managing Director at Medley Global Advisors.